the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. AM 970 presents Eye on Real Estate. This is your premier source for real estate information. From the hot properties in the tri-state to the latest in real estate market trends. From mortgage news to answers to all of your real estate questions, you'll be in the know with help from the experts. Call now, 866-970-9622. 866-970-9622. Now, here's your host for Eye on Real Estate, Douglas Elements Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. This is Ion Real Estate. I'm here with Ace Square Super, a financial expert, Stephen Ebert, our legal eagle, Kyle Lee, our millennial real estate person. And uh, we have a special guest I talked about earlier in the show. and it is Wendy Diamond, and Wendy is internationally renowned. She's, as I said be- in the beginning of the show, a social impact entrepreneur and investor, a best-selling author. She's the CEO and founder of Women's Entrepreneurship Day, uh, which I was there last night. And she was inspired to launch Women's International uh, Day uh, in 2013 after she was volunteering in the Honduras, which is a very, she'll tell you, very unsafe place. Uh, with a foundation and an organization that provides microcredits to locally impoverished women. And she recognized the fact that women perform 66 of the world's work, of the world work, yet only earn 10% of the world's income. Um, and at the same time, women account for 85% of consumer purchases. Keep that in mind, men, when you're making decisions. Look at the woman's point of view also. Um, and controlled $20 trillion in worldwide spending. So she was inspired to create a simplified movement in the world to empower women in business and to help alleviate poverty. Um, she is widely, she's got about 10 books out. She's just a powerhouse. And also, I'm proud to say she's also a friend, Wendy. Good morning, Wendy. Woohoo! Good morning, Dottie. How are you? I'm good. I had a wonderful time last night, and I, I think I've said at the beginning of the show, I, I went to uh, Women's Entrepreneur Day last night, and I hadn't been there, obviously, during the lockdown. We couldn't do it, but it was wonderful to see everybody, and I took a lot of pictures I'm going to post. Wendy, could you tell our, our listeners, you know, now Wendy's a New Yorker, and uh, she knows. Oh, no, 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 Dottie, Dottie, Dottie. I am from a little town in Ohio. Um, I never forget that. I, I'm, you know, so I'm kind of a country bumpkin here in New York. But you are in New York. The last I left, <laughs> you've been in New York. You live in New York now. You're originally from Ohio. Right, but you could take a girl out of the country, but you can't take the country out of the girl. So I still feel like I'm like Midwest Ohio, but living in this big, fabulous city. Okay. So, Wendy, tell us a little how you got started. I mean, I I think you're incredible, and I think what you do is incredible. 
Uh, tell us a little how you know you were inspired to get involved with this. And we're speaking specifically on Women's Entrepreneurship Day, right? Yeah, but feel free. Yeah, to yeah, put yeah, it. yeah. Cool. So yeah, so so Dottie, I think you know this, but I've been an entrepreneur my whole life. I've never had a job. No one would ever hire me. <laughs> and so you know, my whole life, I literally you know have just been had to survive and create my own journey. And so you know, I, I, as an entrepreneur, I cre- you know when I was very young, I created a media company called Animal Fair to start to when I learned twelve million animals were euthanized a year. Um, nobody was talking about. Um, adoption or rescue at the time. It was only like about dog shows and breeders. And at, at that time, when I launched Animal Fair, b- very few, you know, a- ads even had dogs, right? There yeah. were no celebrities and pets anytime. And I knew if we simplified the movement and we brought celebrities and pop culture to the animal rescue world, I knew we could simplify, you know, the de- you know that movement by teaching everyone you could adopt any breed, any size, any age. And that was, you know, my thoughts on that. And so when I launched Animal fair and i brought celebrities and pop culture to the animal rescue world 12 million animals reasonized a year now How many? Every 12 other, million 12 million and so now like you see in the world because of and literally bandy fair new york times forbes fox everyone said we brought celebrities and pop culture to the animal rescue world and that is what changed the whole world i mean i coined the term pet lifestyle i coined it the term yappy hour and you know literally i was before paris helton and her dog i was before you know, I brought, I'm the reason why Howard Stern and Best Stern are in animal rescue. So they started, they bought their dog and started coming to my animal rescue events and that inspired them to support animal rescue. You know, so, you know, I did that whole thing and then I was blessed to get a stalker that ruined my whole life, right? Um, I have 10 books out, five TV shows, three Guinness World Records, a wing named after my dog at the Humane Society. Um, I had a primetime show on CBS called Greatest American Dog. I was on the Today Show every month and then I got blessed with a with a stalker that ruined my whole life and I had for six years but the greatest gift of that experience um, I ended up go um, I ended up going to Honduras like it was like you know the end of the year and I wanted to use miles and they said the only place you could fly for free you know with your miles was Honduras so I, I I book it right and I didn't realize it was the murder capital of the world at the time and I, I couldn't find anyone to go with me but I you know I love travel I love I'm an adventurer I believe in life and I believe in destiny and I believe everything happens for a reason so I actually went on that journey and I ended up um, volunteering for an organization that gives microloans to poor women called the Adelante Foundation, which is based in Honduras. And, you know, when I was supposed to go, I was supposed to spend a couple of hours, right? I was just supposed to go see it, you know, come back to the hotel, you know, because there's not, you know, nothing to do. And I ended up spending three days with these women. I fell in love. Like, literally, I, it, this is 2013. And if you think back in 2013, very few people were talking about women entrepreneurs or women founders. I mean, Dottie, I don't know if you know about this, but no. like if you look in, in the media, very few people like you and, and companies. I mean, come on, maybe no. one or two had women groups in their companies, but at that time, no one had it. And I learned, you know, on that trip to Honduras, I learned 1% of venture dollars went towards women founders. Um, I ended up meeting a woman. She was 72 years old. She had three little kids. I'm like, where'd she get these three little kids? You know, and she said that her daughter passed away. The husband ran off and she was responsible for her three little grandchildren. And, you know, I was there in this town. I mean, maybe these people were making a dollar, dollar fifty a day, right? Really impoverished community. And she lived in, you know, uh, uh, in a one room hut. 
with the three little kids on a dirt floor. You know, they had sleeping bags to sleep on. And literally, she got a $100 microloan from this organization called Adelante and literally opened up a window in her one-room hut and started selling Cokes and toothpaste. And literally, that was how she literally was able to pay a dollar a month for those kids to go to school and able to feed her family. And that was happening every story. I, like of all those people in that in that community that I was meeting, it was the same thing. And that just a light bulb hit my you know, it hit me, and I was like, wow, you know, it, you know, the statistics show these women are paying back these loans at a ninety eight percent rate that they're receiving. You know, ninety percent of that money goes to educate their children, provide for their families, right, which uplifts the entire community. And I came back to New York after that experience, and I said, "My gosh!" After doing research, I said, "No one is talking about women entrepreneurs or women in business." And if we create a simplified day in the world, that we can make everyone realize how why it's so important to support women economically, right? Oh gosh! And that was the idea. And that was the idea. And that's when I went to Governor Cuomo at the time and, and, and Mayor de Blasio of New York at the oh. time. And I went and said, hey, could you proclaim this day? And that's, that's how it all started. And then I went around the world, you know, to all my friends around the world and asked them, who in your country is the greatest person to represent our movement, to bring governments, business leaders, civil society together, to collaborate, to find solutions, to uplift women in business. And that's, you know, how we are now in 144 countries. And that, that was how the journey began. No, I think that's so empowering. And I, I, you know, when I talk to women I, th- that are younger than me, some of them can't believe I can tell them stories that were like, they can't even believe that these things existed. And, you know, just like the same thing with home ownership. So many, you know, and, you know, when I was growing up, it was kind of like, oh, well, you know, you get married and then you have kids and you have that white little picket fence and then you, you know, buy a house. And now, you know, women make up such a big part of home ownership, uh, you know, so it's, we have a ways to go, but truthfully, I was touched. I mean, I've attended many of your uh, events, and I was touched by some of these women that really came from nothing. And Wendy, I'll never forget, I, I spoke at one of them, and instead of a trophy, Wendy uh, gave me a, a picture that these kids from Africa. Wait a minute! Wait, 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 Donnie, it's a painting. A painting. Well, when I say picture, I mean, come on, you no picture. All right, no, it was I mean a painting. Yeah. they painted, okay, to say thank you, uh, which was so ins- like I. That was the most out of any trophy or award or anything I could have ever received. This painting that these kids painted, and they had a picture of me, and that's a girl with blonde hair, okay, uh, was, like, so touching I, uh, that it, it lies in my, in my office, and I, it was touching. And I, I just think you do wonderful things, and how can people help, help out? And, um, you know, is there anything that you can tell us that we can do to help you? Because I'm, I'm always for women entrepreneurs, if it's right for you. And again, not everyone's meant to be an entrepreneur. Um, It's good for certain people. But funding, you know, entrepreneurs and getting money to start that business, uh, that's another story altogether. A hundred percent. I mean, and I'm not sure if you know these statistics, but like, Ox, you know, Oxfam International, which is a big organization, did a study and they found literally in 2020, Dottie, 2020, that around the world, women lost more than 64 million jobs. 
that and it's the equivalent of like five percent of all the total jobs held by women globally this just this past year in addition the loss of jobs due to this pandemic has cost women around the world at least 800 billion in earnings right i mean this is like you know these stats are real and this is what's happening around the world so it's so key that everyone realizes why we need to empower women in business And, and if you look at the simple thing i discussed a little bit earlier was you know what happens with the money that these women earn and the money, and we're not going to go into like, and we're not, you know, we love men, by the way. Men are our biggest supporters in our, in, yes. in our foundation, <laughs> by the way. I mean, so, you know, I'm not, I'm not bashing anyone, but I'm just saying that it's so key when you think about where women spend their money. And women are spending their money on feeding their families, educating their children, and, and literally, you know, paying for their homes, you know, and paying the mortgages and paying all that and doing everything and being responsible. I think when you look at these statistics, what is it? It's being responsible. I'm not saying that, you know, all men are not responsible, but again, I'm just looking at the stats of women. And so I think that, you know, going forward, what can people do is people can shop at women-founded businesses number one, right? People can also look at, you know, if they're shopping, whether it's shopping on Amazon, I mean, you know, most people do on that, right? There are so many opportunities where you can shop on women-founded businesses, right? You can also, there's so many organizations, ours included, we're an all-volunteer organization. The money you donate to our foundation actually goes directly to funding impoverished women with microloans. And why I think it's so important is we, I believe in traceability. I believe in transparency. As you know, I'm very big into crypto and Bitcoin. I know. Um, You know, and I think it's important for people to know where their money went. You know, how did it support people? And the thing that what I love most about microloans is it's giving somebody a hand up not a hand out right when they receive those microloans it gives them an opportunity to create their own entrepreneurial journey and those women are required to pay those loans back and where when they pay those loans back at a 98 percent rate i'm bringing up again that money then goes back to supporting another woman And so, you know, when you look at this, you know, and look about what you want to support, especially now it's the holidays and taxes, you know, you want to give your write-offs and get behind something, whether you support our foundation, there's other ones called, um, you know, Grameen and Opportunity International and Adelante itself in Honduras, you know, it's really important that you know what you're supporting. So I always say to people, you know, volunteer donate your time, whether it's, you know, you can mentor a woman founder, you can, you know, you can, you can, you know, sponsor somebody, et cetera, or you can literally, you know, donate. And when you donate with our foundation, you will actually see the woman that you have funded and, and you'll, you'll be able to track her. Did she pay back that loan? And then when you, you see that, you'll also be able to say, oh my gosh, then we just helped this other woman. And you can see their story and you can follow them on social media. And I think that's really the key to, you know, finding purpose in life is being able to support other people and, and you know, donate right. your time. And regardless of who they are, again, okay, and being a woman, as I said, uh, you know, I'm all for supporting and giving my time to help you know, entrepreneurs are people who are starting out. And as I said, it's not for everyone. Thank you so much, Wendy. Um, it was really a joy to be there last night and be part of uh, what I think is just a wonderful organization. 
and I think you're wonderful, and what you do is wonderful. Thank you so much. And we'll post Woo! all that information Thank on the website. Thank you, Daddy. You're the best. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, really, she really does. And I, I remember a little girl who spoke about iced tea that she she created iced tea, got her, her grandmother's recipe, and it became, like, famous. Um, but, you know, we're talking about women, and as we talk about women, ace. How many women are buying homes alone now? I mean, you know, like it used to be like, oh, well, you got married and then you bought a home. Uh, now, uh, whether, you know, single people, people don't necessarily have to be, you know, people are just buying homes. Um, do you find that, Ace? Uh... Dottie, first of all, the decision maker in a household oh, yeah. is who? The woman. Is the woman, right? <laughs> so um, looking at the statistics, when you look at individual female buyers, it actually makes up close to 20%, Dottie. That's, that's a lot um, in terms of the total population, right? And then when you look at households um, such as um, spouse purchases, things of that nature, it really comes down to the female uh, buyer who's really making the decision. So, you know, it's, it's a world... Um, ran by females, you know. Well, and, and it's, it's not, and, and I don't want to say it's run by females. I don't want to say that either, but it's it's great to see, Dottie. It's, I uh, have been around for a while, and I can tell you the difference yeah, now. Huge difference. Um, and when I tell girls that are in their twenties, she, you know, when I was twenty, this is the way it was, and I was really fortunate to be able to be able to grow and work with men that did believe, believe in me. Uh, but it was really hard for women, um, and. They, they, you know, and it was, I remember a woman, and Ace, maybe you were on the show, you were with me then. I remember a woman calling in and saying, you know, I just got divorced. And I, you know, I think she was awarded the home or whatever. And she said she didn't even know how to write a check out uh, because her husband had done everything. So I think, you know, today, it's, I think uh, it's a good thing that people do things together, um, that uh, you don't need to be married to buy a house. You don't need to be married to have children. Um, I think it's a very new world, and I think home ownership. A lot of women are, are buying homes on their own. Um, they're like, you know, I want this home. Now, do I believe in rental? Sure, at times, but I just think that if you're going to be, you know, if you're going to be in a place for a while and you can afford to, at least you're building equity. And for most people, that's their biggest single investment. And with this pandemic, uh, it's grown to numbers like that. Are, now, this is across the country because usually, you know, we'll tell you, you know, maybe it's booming in California, but it's not in New York or vice versa. It's booming all over. <laughs> I don't think there's a a state that's not doing well and that's not, you know, people are buying. And we have that millennial generation. And then we have the generation which is probably some of the oldest baby boomers. Um, I think the oldest baby boomers are probably, I don't know, around 74 now. Um, some of them are moving, uh, but they are moving, you know, some of them moving to Florida, some of them moving them to uh, maybe they don't want that big house anymore. They want to buy a condo where they don't have to worry about the maintenance. But that generation is moving also. And there's no one that I know that has not realized how important your home is. It's your sanctuary. And whether it's little or whether it's big, it's where you go and it's where you feel safe. It's where you get together with your friends. Um, and I guess that's why they named me Dorothy, because I always say there's no place like home. <laughs> 
We'll be right back. We're taking a quick break. Right back. Want to do something truly memorable to celebrate the new year? Why not sail into 2022 aboard the Atlantis yacht, enjoying a 360-degree view of Manhattan? The Atlantis of New York Cruises is hosting a New Year's Eve party that is guaranteed to impress. With three levels to party, their main dining salon, lounge deck, and sky deck, guests have tons of room to take in the iconic skyline and ring in the new year. Forget the crowded land-based venues. Celebrate in style with fireworks, family, and fantastic views. Event itinerary includes hors d'oeuvres and gourmet buffet, premium open bar featuring their gold bar with festive New Year's Eve cocktails and live DJ entertainment. This is a -a once-in-a-lifetime trip. Now, space is limited. For more information or to buy tickets, visit NewYorkCruises.com. That's NewYorkCruises.com or call them 718-646-8083. That's 718-646-8083 and tell them Mike Gallagher sent you. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. According to our latest research, local business owners today are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was just a few months ago. They also told us that targeting the right audience with their advertising messages is more important than ever. At Salem Surround, our team of local in-market experts take that seriously. We utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Let Salem Surround show you how we can solve for your marketing challenges by bringing nationwide resources while delivering Main Street solutions. Salem Surround is here to help you through the constant changes. We promise we'll help your business stay ahead of the changing weather. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Are you worried about having lung cancer? I worry about everything, of course. But instead of worrying, go see my friends at Trinitas for a screening. If you're between 50 and 80 years old and have a 20-pack year smoking history, you know, like uh, if you've been smoking like that, or even if you've quit in the past 15 years, listen to me, please. It's no joke. It's time for a lung screening. Give them a call. Make an appointment right now at 908-994-5984. It's 908-994-5984. It's low-dose, painless non-invasive, fast and easy and only takes 30 seconds at Trinitas to have a screening and it could save your life. Finding out if you have lung cancer while it's still curable makes all the difference. If you catch it in time, you can beat it. Screenings are covered by most insurance. Do it for your family. Do it for yourself. Just do it. You can count on Trinitas to take care of you. 908-994-5984. Make an appointment. It's 908-994-5984. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back, and I'm, I, I have to tell you, I'm just saying to Ace and uh, Kyle, I don't know where time goes. It just goes so quickly. And I think I said last week when they first told me about this show, and they said, Dottie, it's Two hours. I'm like, two hours? Are you crazy? What am I going <laughs> to talk about in two hours? That's a lot of time. Um, but anyhow, if you have any questions, always call us at the end of the show. We're glad to answer them. Um, or you can email us. Or, you know, you know, everyone gets in touch with us the best way that they would like to. But I wanted to ask Steve 
there, we, we hear that there's some new rent stabilization laws. There's been a series of laws that, that have come out um, over the last couple of years. The biggest one was the one in 2019 um, in, in which we know there's been a number of changes as to um, when you're converting buildings over, um, when you, you're allowed to do an evicting tenant and the numbers and to get that approval. Then you have also the time period in which even if a lease is over, that you have to give additional notice, sometimes as many as three months, you have to give additional notice to the tenant for an opportunity to vacate uh, as well, um, even though their lease is over, if they've been a long-term tenant uh, that's in there. So now, say that again, Stephen. So if I was a long-term tenant sure. and now... Right. If you have a tenant who's been there over a certain period of time, and we can break this down further, um, even when the lease is over, you have to give them sometimes as long as three months' notice. So let's say you've had a tenant who's been in place. Right. Um, and let's say the lease ends end of November. And let's say they've been in the apartment for a couple of years now. Um, you can't just say, oh, you know, have a nice Thanksgiving. I have a new tenant coming in December 1. You have to notify them sometimes as much as 90 days uh, in advance that you are not going to renew the lease when the lease is over. And let me um, ask so you. That's very important. Yeah, well, that's sure. very important to know that you have to give them ninety days notice. But let me ask you another question because now we're talking in the real world. So let's just follow me for a second. And so, okay, I say Ace, uh, like okay, I'm, I'm renting my. You know, you you have. I'm giving you three months notice. So that's the new law. I'm giving you three months notice. I'm renting to somebody else. So your lease will terminate with me in this date. And uh, the time comes and. Ace doesn't move out. Then, then I have to go through an eviction whole eviction process, correct? Correct. You, you and, cannot uh, do uh, what's called self-help. You can't change the locks on them. You can't use force. You can't. Um, you have to go through the legal process. Exactly right. Right. So what I'm trying to say is it's not an easy process because, first of all, the courts were closed half the time. So I am sure there's a backlog, a backlog of people waiting to be heard. But on top of that, when you want to evict somebody, uh, that's not so easy. And especially if they have kids. I mean, you know, it's a whole process that you have to go through. So I tell people, and again, you know, I can speak as I was a landlord for a little bit, and I really just uh, was like, oh, forget it, I don't have time. But you, you have to want to do that and know that you know, it all sounds great and it all sounds good and I think it's wonderful, but you have to know either that or you have to get somebody who manages it and does it for you uh, because everyone thinks being a landlord is not easy, but uh, being a landlord can be tough. How do you find it, Ace? I think a landlord, as long as you take care of your tenants, but again, with the uh, the laws and regulations, it's hard, right? If a, if a tenant doesn't pay and you have to deal with the court system and things of that nature, it's its its tough right. being a landlord in, in today's marketplace. But that's why if you're uh, renting an apartment, it's a nice thing to do to just get a, you know, ask them if they allow you to do a credit check. Yes. Okay. Now, if they say, because you can't just do it if they don't allow you to do it. But you see, I mean, it's not a guarantee, but the chances are if somebody pays their credit, you know, p- pays bills on time and is pretty, 
you know, diligent about paying their bills that they're going to do the same thing with their rent. Now, obviously, sometimes in life things happen that we don't anticipate and something could happen where somebody got sick or something and they couldn't work. But those people usually try very, very much to try to do the best they can to work out something. So if you are going to be renting something, I really advise you to at least have a credit check and you have to ask permission. So if the, I, I just my advice, if somebody says, no, you can't do a credit check on me, I'm not sure if I would rent to them. Um, yeah. That's, that's probably the best advice, Dottie. I can tell you one time I had a tenant and the credit score came in at, at 580. A lot of delinquencies, but the tenant gave me a great sob story, and, and he seemed so responsible. He came in a suit and everything, and I just had this weird feeling, right? And right. lo and behold, you know, we rented it out to him. By the second month, I wasn't receiving any rental payments, and, and you know, I learned. I learned very quickly that, you know, you have to check um, someone's credit because it's the it's probably the best indicator on what their spending habits are and, and what their history of payments are, right? So, yeah, it's, so it's that, a track record. So. Yeah. So that's something I would just advise if you are a, um, if you're considering renting something. And, you know, I will just say that so many people ask me everywhere I go, people ask me, what is the real estate market going to look like next year and the year after that? And where do you think the best place to buy is? And you know, in real estate, there is no such thing, and in financing, and in law, there's no such thing as one size fits all. I, I mean, it yeah. just doesn't exist. There are general guidelines that you can look at, uh, but basically, I never think one size fits all. I think, you know, you have to look at what's important to you. Where are you in your life? You know, are you at the... You know, are you closer to retirement age? Are you young? Do you, do you plan to add family members? Or you have to kind of look at your circumstances. And then, as I've always said, and I really feel privileged and lucky to have the team I have on this show because uh, it's really the team you put together. And when you're buying a home, I think sometimes people think uh, it's a lot easier than it really is. And it's not that it's hard. It's great if you have the right team. Because we all think we're experts, but you need an expert legal-wise because it's not when something goes smoothly. It's for the little times that it doesn't, okay? And as far as the credit goes, you want that all done. And credit rules, I mean, in anything that you do. And, you know, I was um, at something. I was speaking at something for high-wealth individuals well, a couple of weeks ago, Um and I met, oh, there was an attorney there, and he, a young attorney, and Stephen, he said to me, why aren't you, why aren't you showing your properties in crypto? You know, why aren't you putting them out there? Now, this is just an opinion, okay, because nobody knows for sure. But what do you think about cryptocurrency? Do you think it's starting to, you know, really, I mean, most, like, I'm trying to get my arms around it and really understand it, and I have to say it has been difficult for me to really understand it, but I'm trying, and I'm always learning. What do you think, do you think that's going to become more mainstream, A, Stephen, Kyle, whatever, audience, or anyone who's listening, what do you think about that? And this is just speculation. No one knows the future. I think there are a number of huge challenges, um, and, and let me first mention a couple of the challenges, and then I'll see what things I'll mention what things work in its favor, and what things are working against uh, cryptocurrency. The first thing people need to remember 
is that there is huge tax consequences when you engage in a crypto transaction. And while maybe this might change in the future, at this time, if you want to do a real estate deal, you have to pay for the transfer taxes and the title insurance at a minimum in U.S. dollars. It is actually illegal for a title insurance company in the state of New York to be paid more than or less than the published rate premium. There is a Wait, explain that in layman's language, okay? So what so, that means is if you get title insurance, right, when you're buying a house, you're going to get title insurance, and that's a payment that's required to be made to a private company, but the rates are set, right? It's not like buying homeowner's insurance or health insurance where they say different plans, different fees, different deductibles. You're buying a house for a half a million dollars, this is what the premium is. If you're and you're getting a loan for four hundred thousand on that house, here is the additional premium for the lender, right? It is illegal for the title insurance company to charge you a penny more or to charge you a penny less to for that policy. It's a set rate. And so what happens is cryptocurrency is very volatile. And so the title companies, unless if they somehow magically get it perfectly, they have to be paid in U.S. dollars because this cryptocurrency is constantly varying, and they have to get that premium right to the penny. Now, same thing with taxes. When you sell property in the state of New York and also the city, there's a transfer tax. There's a precise dollar amount to the penny that's due. That's right. what has to be paid. Right. And so you can't max that up. Government is not allowed to take something besides U.S. dollars. So number one, there is no way to do a 100% cryptocurrency transaction. Okay. You have to have some dollars to make these payments. The second thing, and this is where I urge caution for anyone accepting payment in cryptocurrency, it is like getting stock, right? When you sell it and appreciates it, you pay capital gains tax. Right. So a lot of people when they're converting the currency are not contemplating that they're going to have a huge capital gains tax event. But wouldn't you have right? that they anyway? Said, oh, I... But Stephen, like, wouldn't you have that anyway? Well, if you have a million dollars in the bank and you buy a million dollar house, you don't pay capital gains. If you have a million dollars worth of cryptocurrency that you bought five years ago and it's gone up, when you sell that cryptocurrency, when you file your next year tax return, you're going to have a huge capital gains tax responsibility. Uh, maybe you could pay. elaborate that right after our break. Sure. All right, we'll be right back. You're listening to I Am Real Estate with Dottie Herman. We'll be back right after the break. Are you worried about your roof leaking? Do you need to replace your aging, worn-out roof before you spend a ton of money? Here's an alternative. Super Shield, the incredible roof product from Rhino Shield. It's a green, energy star-rated, cool roof system that goes on top of your existing residential or flat roof, giving it 10 more years of life, and it comes with a full 10-year warranty on pitched roofs and 15 years on flat roofs. If you replace your roof, you're not going to get a 10-year warranty, and it'll cost you a bundle more. Super Shield, the revolutionary sprayed on roofing coating system that fully insulates waterproofs and goes on any roof surface and protects against moisture mold and algae it's the only cool roof system that comes in 20 different colors do like i did call susan today 877 rhino 08 
It's 877-R-H-I-N-O-08. Super Shield. Get a free estimate today. There's confusion about how to protect yourself from COVID. One thing is certain, whether you're vaccinated or not, you need an accurate thermometer to check for fever, the leading sign of flu and COVID. Be vigilant and contact your medical provider at the first sign of fever. Don't rely on non-contact thermometers that have no scientific studies. Only the Exergen Temporal Scanner Thermometer has been proven accurate in more than 100 clinical studies. Learn more at exergen.com. It's said that if you don't like the weather, just wait a few minutes and it'll change. Well, the weather isn't the only thing changing. Local business owners are saying it's getting harder to sustain their business than it was a few months ago. Let's say Salem Surround help you today. Our team of local in-market experts will utilize the latest research and marketing technology to deliver media plans that will exceed your expectations. Salem Surround is here to help you achieve success. Learn more at surroundnewyork.com. Surroundnewyork.com. Connecting you with new customers. Born from the tragedy in 9-11, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation has been honoring America's heroes ever since. To mark 20 years since 9-11, the Foundation's chairman and CEO, Frank Siller, connected where America was attacked, on foot from Pentagon to Shanksville to downtown Manhattan, where he retraced his brother's footsteps. Thanks to your support, Towers of Light returned to the Pentagon and Shanksville memorials. For the first time, our country recognized the people we lost to 9-11-related illness through the Foundation's name-reading ceremony. And in another first, those lost in the War on Terror had their names read aloud. That ceremony is now the newest Tunnel to Towers annual tradition. Now, the Tunnel to Towers Foundation is bringing hope to heroes and their families, giving away at least a home a day from Thanksgiving to New Year's Eve. Honor our vow to never forget. Donate $11 a month at T2T.org. That's T, the number two, and then T.org. It's I on Real Estate. Got a question? Call 866-970-9622. Here's Douglas Elliman's Vice Chair, Dottie Herman. We're back. You're listening to I on Real Estate. And, uh, gosh, sometimes the conversation is during the break or just as interesting, if not more. So we're just, we were just talking about Bitcoins and trying to understand them. But, Steve, you know, as we would just finish up, you know, as as when you look at a deal, okay, now if somebody wants to buy your home in bitcoins, I mean, that's something that I don't think. I mean, again, I don't have the numbers. I was just talking to Ace and, and about it, so, so we're seeing that that has that's starting to grow where people are buying like that. Um, what do you see the future of, of bitcoins? And we're going to try and and maybe the next couple of shows to just do the very basics of it because it's really, I don't know, at least for me, it, it, it's hard for me. It was hard for me to get my arms around it and really understand it. Um, but we do have inflation now, and uh, how long that's going to last, I couldn't tell you. Uh, but everything is more money now. And, uh, you know, when you are able to just print as much money as you can print whenever you feel like, well, that really ends up causing sometimes the dollar to be devalued. And I guess some of the premise, and I, again, I'm going to leave it to Ace and Steven on this because I'm really not an expert on crypto uh, at all. <laughs> uh, but I, I understand there's an infinite amount. Is that right, Ace? I mean, Steven, there's this an infinite amount of crypto dollar. They, they, you, they only make so much. Well, 
I mean, it's interesting. Yes and no on it. So there's a couple things. So one, I would separate the currency from the technology. There's a concept of blockchain technology, which is fascinating, has a lot of applications. I think it is valuable. And I think in a way it's a shame that people learn about it through cryptocurrency because I think there is a value to it separate and apart from cryptocurrency. Problem I have, and I'm a little bit, and I think it's interesting, I'm more of a crypto skeptic, probably maybe a little bit more so than Ace, but I'll let, I'll let him give his thoughts on it, is that it's based purely on people believing that there's value in it, but there's actually no asset behind it. Um, and, and that is scary, and even if they say, oh, you can mine and we limit the amount, it's still based fundamentally of people believing in it or not. And even if a particular currency might have a finite limit, there's nothing to stop another currency opening up shop tomorrow or the day after. I think what is interesting, what's going to happen is sovereign governments, and they've already started, will be looking into doing digital currency for themselves. Sweden has very much looked into this, and the Federal Reserve now has individuals looking into the idea of a digital dollar. But I think we need to be very careful about it because how do we really monitor and keep track of the amount of dollars or whatever currency is out there exactly gets to the inflation issue that you get to and also the comfort level, the ability, and also the tracking of of really our liberty of how we spend our money. All these are very, very important concerns in addition to the actual value of the currency that that needs to be discussed. So, Daddy, uh, yeah, Stephen. So, I probably sit on the opposite side of Stephen, well, that's uh, which, what it's all about. which makes this show very interesting, right? right. Um, so, look, not to say that Stephen doesn't have amazing, um, amazingly great points. You know, it, it just comes down to belief, and it comes down to, you know, what, where do you see crypto and the utility tokens going from here, right? And 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 I think if you're an early adopter since 2012, even 2005. You kind of see the evolution of crypto, and it's is this generation's gold. You know, I was telling Dottie and Kyle, um, you know, right during the break, and it really depends on just like the internet boom in 2000. There's going to be a couple of sort of internet companies that actually made it, like Google and Amazon and and all of these other sort of uh, tech companies that actually prevailed. And I think you have to kind of see the see the forest through the trees, right? When it comes to crypto, because to Stephen's point, there's a lot of a lot of things that are unknown, but if you do your due diligence and you actually understand the technology behind a couple of um, cryptocurrencies, you're going to do very, very well. Meaning, there's adoption. Financial institutions are coming into the cryptocurrency space in a very, very big way. Um, Chase, J.P. Morgan, and Chase just uh, announced that they that they actually did a large um, investment in cryptocurrencies and. And you have to kind of really look at the utility side. People are using crypto right now to buy and sell things every single day, right? It's it's whether you're in that sort of environment and if you know what platforms there are. And to Stephen's point, regulation compliance will be huge. And that's why sites like Coinbase and Gemini, they track where your money is coming from, right? Well, so. I think as we as we start oh. to get a little bit more sophisticated. I just, Go ahead, Stephen. Wait, Stephen, I just want you both to speak. Uh, uh, I just oh, want sure. everyone who's listening to Ion Real Estate, whether you listen to us live on 970 or you go to iTunes and search for Ion Real Estate or you go to dottieherman.com, 
we are trying to, again, bring to your attention anything that, you know, some of the basics of real estate that really have never changed, um, some of the new the nuances, some of the things to look for. And although a lot of us, you know, this sounds very deep, and I think when you're doing radio, it's really hard to really introduce a new subject to people without them, like, you know, kind of like, like, because it's really, you have to really concentrate on understanding this if you don't know. So, but what I'd like to do, whether you ever think you'll use it or you'll never use it, or you feel like, hey, listen, I'm at this age, I'm going the old-fashioned way, I'm just going to use cash and do... That's fine, but we should all kind of have an understanding of what it is because, you know, you hear more and more people talking about it, more and more people taking it, and I don't know about mainstream as far as in real estate yet, but I think you're going to see that over time where people do accept it. So we want to just introduce a little to you at a time. I don't want to overwhelm you because at least for me it was hard it's 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 just a totally new concept. And and Dottie, you know, we we talk about crypto like it's a new concept, but it's, it's really not. not. And for our listeners, if you're not if you're not educating yourself about crypto, like we're they've already transitioned themselves into NFTs, and I'm sure that's probably the first time our listeners are hearing about NFTs. But it's really a fungible token that artists and and um, musicians can use to really hone in on their IP intellectual property. And you're buying these NFTs, which is well, art. Well, can you explain that? Because, yeah, it's, you, know, we, you know, we're really giving you, like, a little bit more than just the basics. Explain what N- NFTs are. NFTs, they stand for non-fungible tokens, right? And within the last three months, there was $10 billion in exchange in NFTs. So if you're not well-equipped and you're not educating yourself about this marketplace, it's happening right in front of our eyes, right? So NFTs are basically you could have a memorabilia uh, it's a memorabilia but it's digital right and now artist timbaland just opened up um and jay-z just opened up their first sort of record label on nfts and what 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 it's creating is anybody that's a part of that community it's a lot of artists that have influential communities that create these nfts they sell it as sort of a token and within that token you have a piece of their let's say, concert. You have a piece of their memorabilia, and it's a community, and you can resell that token to other folks, but you're sort of a part of this membership program, but they're selling their artwork, right, their music. Um, You know, famous artists are coming on. You know, it's it's just a huge sort of, it's it's a a huge movement that if you're not educating yourself in that space, there's millions and billions of dollars in that space that people are investing into currently and there's something called decentraland which is virtual real estate believe it or not right it, it's a it's a crazy concept but you just have to educate yourself in it you know we don't we don't want to overcomplicate things for our listeners but it's definitely a very interesting sort of segment of the um, sort of industry that that we just want to keep a, a good pulse on that's yeah all. and 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 what what I at least I try to do is I, I think one of the biggest uh, pluses or things that have made me successful because I know what I'm good at. I know what I know. I know what I don't know. But I've always worked with people that are experts, especially in areas that I'm not. I have, But I like to have a general understanding of everything. So I am never going to be a crypto expert. I can tell you that right now. However, I don't want to be in a world where I don't understand anything about it. So I am trying. And as I said, it's just a new concept. And it's 
you know, it's it's happening, but it's, you know, most people that I know are buying houses, getting a mortgage, uh, going to Citizens or a bank and getting a mortgage the way that we've always done it. How how much of that will change down the road, I couldn't tell you. I have no idea. But at least, hopefully, we'll try to keep you abreast of some of the newer things and nuances that there are. Just like I kind of think, uh, you know, I see them looking for jobs. You know, people looking, you know, gee, they need help, they need help, they need help. Unemployment so is down. I just wanted, to, yes. just wanted to add, you know, about the difference, and I think Ace brings up a great point. An NFT in my opinion, is very, very different than cryptocurrency. And I think one of the big differences, while digital-based, what the artist is saying is I'm creating a limited number of assets, right? They may not be, let's make it like an artwork, right? Instead of one physical painting, right? Um, I'm going to create 50 digital paintings, and that's it. That's the number, right? Just when you think about, like, lithographs, right? You can see the series. This is number one of 100. Right, right. And they're saying there's a limited number. So here, whether you like it or not is a different story. That's more of a taste. But there is a limited amount of supply of something, and it's documented and it's registered. And so that's a critical, I think, in my mind, distinction, what the artists are doing. Um, If people are interested in that, great. It's just making a digital baseball card, right, if you think of it like that. I'm Um, just trying to then. And that's. Right, but I'm just trying to the next, you know, in the next shows and everything, um, not make anyone experts on it. But you know, as I said, I think most people that I know are still buying and selling very traditionally. But start to 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 give people just a a little general understanding of it, so that when people talk about it, they at least kind of halfway understand it because it's new and there's a lot of new things coming on. Um, It's exciting, you know. We've been through heck. We've been through a very horrible time, and we've all hopefully come out of it. Um, those of us who have come out of it, and we have learned a lot of lessons. But I also think that this pandemic is going to bring a tremendous amount of opportunity. And hopefully we'll be able to share that with you um, on Eye on Real Estate. So we are coming to the end of the show again. Enjoy the weekend. It's a little chilly, but it's still not too cold. We'll be back next week. Eye on Real Estate with Dottie Herman is sponsored by Citizens Bank N.A. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.